okay. stores. Rolling. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1110. Wow. July 12th, 2023. 106 degrees on this day in 1936 and 48 degrees on this day in 1941. The swimming season, as you well know, is uh, we're in the thick of it, and it just gets better and better and better, especially if you have used the products from Aquaside, which keeps the swimming beach free of weeds and unwanted vegetation and algae and uh, decomposing twigs and whatever you want. They'll keep that beach free of weeds. They've been doing it for 60 years with products made right there in White Bear Lake. The products work quickly. They're safe. They've been approved by all the about 48,000 different government agencies. All you got to do is call Aquaside, describe to them what you're facing, what you're looking at. They'll get you the right products and you'll be home free and you'll have a great beach. Call Aquaside at 1 800 328 9350 or find them at aquaside.com. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Height in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. Uh... Joe, I just got done listening to the July 11th podcast. That was yesterday. Where you were pondering on the question of what sacrifices are we willing to make to slow or stop climate change, assuming that man is the one causing climate change. You and Kenny keep asking the next logical question, as would any good GLer, and ultimately you get to the conclusion that we are on the fast track to some form of socialism, communism, or totalitarianism. The next question that is posed was, is also a good one. When will people ultimately push back and say this hysteria has gone too far? It was suggested that 50% of the population doesn't care or is simply ignorant to the trade-offs that are being mandated. I would suggest that your estimation is really close to reality, and I would suggest you look at your own staff to provide the evidence. Number one, the only news that resonates with Reavers is from Twitter. Number two, Rookie could not care less about that conversation and is literally chomping at the bit to discuss the food options at this year's state fair. Accurate. Exhibit A and B, Your Honor, we are doomed because we are surrounded by idiots. Even worse, these idiots are allowed to vote themselves out of prosperity. Good luck, Don Heidemann. Uh, Don, uh, guilty. Don't don't discount me. I, I'm I'm a huge idiot. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. How come you didn't come up just, right? Yeah, I'm, come on. Yesterday, <laughs> what came out, up in that conversation was a piece from the Federalist by Joy Pullman, and she was uh, postulating that we don't closely examine enough the cause of forest fires and that we've become too comfortable assigning them to climate change. Mm -hmm. That was done. That's been done all summer long 
regarding the Canadian forest fires, that these are the result, if not the result, these are exacerbated Mm. by climate change. And in that piece yesterday was this paragraph. Even more apocalyptic is the political context. We're two months away from the Biden administration potentially letting the United Nations seize power over the entire United States indefinitely in the event of whatever it defines as a global shock, one of the potential emergencies warranting this global dictatorship, the U.N. says, is a major climatic event. Okay, I tried to find today, I went back to 2021, I cannot find any reporting uh, or any information that tells me the Biden administration is uh, uh, two months away from surrendering our sovereignty to the U.N. I can't find it. Mm. And if I can't find it, then I'm questioning the veracity of this paragraph. There's no doubt that Biden is cozy with the U.N., Mm-hmm. There's yes. there's no doubt that the UN is it in my view is very problematic. I've said for years I want them out of my country. They don't do anything. They're just trying to rule the world. Right. But I can find nothing that indicates and if you can please send it to me but I'm going to have to trust the source you send. Uh well, I we need can, multiple sources, search, I, I not need, just one. I need multiple sources that tell me we're two months away from Biden. And I hate to say this. It wouldn't surprise me. Oh, it would be awesome if this were true. It'd be great. But I can't verify this. Yeah. So this is the equivalent of us saying, show us the litter boxes. Then yeah. we'll believe it. Yeah. Um, but the U of U, excuse me, I was going to say the U of M. They're the coming U, up today too, Kenny. The <laughs> UN is wholeheartedly, and they authored all this. I'm looking at a 28 page document right now from the UN. Uh, and boy, they want to get involved and run the world. Um, over we're, uh, what's A through G? How many numbers is that? A, oh, large, large scale climactic <laughs> or environmental events. B, future pandemics. C, high impact events involving biological agents. D, events leading to disruptions to global flow of goods, people, or finance. E, large scale, the good one's coming up, stay with me. Large scale destructive and or disruptive activities in cyberspace. Here's the one I love, F, a major event in outer space that causes severe disruptions. And then uh, G, of course, unforeseen risks, which pretty much blanket covers everything else. The UN wants to step in and control the globe in those instances. And who do you trust? The UN or us? Uh, I I trust me and nobody else. (laughs) Now, uh, I'm going to throw a bone Reaver's way. It's a bone What are you looking at? Twitter. Oh, for <laughs> the latest news from Twitter. <laughs> you jump. You're so Yesterday, easy, Joe. You're and so you weren't on topic. You you vaguely were, but you brought up a Twitter okay. story uh, that was suggesting thousands and thousands of children in the Congo uh, mining the materials needed for batteries. Well, it, it's true. 
uh, I have, of all places, I've been alerted to an NPR piece by Terry Gross. Oh. And, and Terry Gross has to be the heroine of the left oh, for many yes, reasons. Uh, yep. And here it is, how modern-day slavery in the Congo powers the rechargeable battery economy. I, I seriously cannot believe that this the, the Democrats aren't informed about this. Or the look, no, euphorians, excuse I think, me, I think they, Yeah, Democrats know euphorians just figuring it out. Smartphones, computers, and electric vehicles may be emblems of the modern world, but says Sid Hearth, Kyra. Their rechargeable batteries are frequently powered by cobalt mined by workers laboring in slave-like conditions in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Kara, a fellow at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health and at the Kennedy School, has been researching modern-day slavery, human trafficking, and child labor for two decades. He says that although the DRC has more cobalt reserves than the rest of the planet combined, there's no such thing as a clean supply chain of cobalt from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. In his new book, Cobalt Red, Kara writes that much of the DRC's cobalt is being extracted by so-called artisanal miners, freelance workers who do extremely dangerous labor, for the equivalent of just a few dollars a day. You have to imagine walking around some of these mining areas and dialing back our clock for centuries, Kara says. People are working in subhuman, grinding, degrading conditions. They use pickaxes, shovels, stretches of rebar to hack and scrounge at the earth in trenches and pits and tunnels to gather cobalt and feed it up the supply chain. Kara says the mining industry has ravaged the the landscape of the DRC. Millions of trees have been cut down. The air around mines is hazy with dust and grit, and the water has been contaminated with toxic effluents from the mining processing. What's more, he says, cobalt is toxic to touch and breathe, and there are hundreds of thousands of poor Congolese people touching and breathing it day in and day out. Young mothers with babies strapped to their backs, all breathing in this toxic cobalt dust. Cobalt is used in the manufacture of almost all lithium-ion rechargeable batteries used in the world. And while those outside of the DRC differentiate between cobalt extracted by the country's high-tech industrial mining companies and that which was dug by artisanal miners, Kara says the two are fundamentally intertwined. There's complete cross-contamination between industrial excavator-derived cobalt and cobalt dug by women and children with their bare hands. Industrial mines, almost all of them, have artisanal miners working, digging in and around them, feeding cobalt into the formal supply chain. It's a long piece. I don't need to read it to you. It's, It's sinful. It's evil. It's horrific. This push to the electric car is absurd on the face of it. That cobalt, with every level that it goes up from the ground 
all the way up to the finished product. It gets more expensive at every level. You know what I mean? The, you the people go, that, uh, you, are you Lake of the Isles euphorians, you go ahead and keep buying your electric cars to, as an example of your virtue. And don't think of the mom with a baby strapped to her back, See, I, finger-picking the bleeping cobalt. I think Rookie's correct, and I, I choose to be optimistic about this, that the euphorians are finally figuring it out. If Terry Gross is telling these people that, and you know they're listening in droves, they've got to believe it. They're Let not going to believe it if it comes from GL, but if it yes. comes from Terry, they're going to believe it. Thank you. I, I meant to say more about Terry, who I've listened to for years. She's had some great interviews over the years. Yeah, she's good at her job, but you're right, left-leaning. But she's she's a leftist with NPR. I'm sure all of you euphorians and people who live in Liberal Lakes and Diversityville would swear on a Bible buyer. This is coming from her interviewing a Harvard guy who studied it, okay? Her and Terry Gross in Harvard. This is not me. This is not garage logic. This has nothing to do with republicanism or democratism. <laughs> this is the left telling you the conditions of the minds in which these people toil and die. Now, you say the left is starting to get it, Kenny? Well, I'm, I'm hoping. It, yeah, it kind of seems that way. I'm hoping. This from Breitbart, which would not be a Terry Gross site. No, not at all. Running out of juice, unsold electric cars are piling up on dealer lots. I don't mean to cause harm to people selling electric cars. You have to put food on your family. Okay. And if the manufacturers are stupid enough, or as Kelsey might suspect, uh, duplicitous enough to sell these to you because they need something new to sell you... Uh. Unsold electric cars are piling up on dealer lots as the auto industry cranks out more electric vehicles than there are buyers in an attempt to compete with Tesla. Luxury brands in particular are struggling with high inventories of EVs that no one wants to buy. Jonathan Gregory, Senior Manager of Economic and Industry Insights at Cox Automotive, likened the situation to the 1989 film Field of Dreams, which coined the phrase, if you build it, he will come. In the car world, companies have built their electric vehicles, and now they are waiting for customers to arrive, Gregory said. A survey conducted by Cox Automotive found that 51% of consumers are now considering either a new or used EV, which is up 38% from 1921. But despite interest, sales are not keeping up with increased output as the nationwide supply of EVs in stock has swelled 350% this year wow. to more than 92,000 units, which translates into a 92-day supply, according to Axios. This data does not include Tesla, which sells directly to customers. Meanwhile, dealers have 54 days' worth of gasoline-powered vehicles in inventory. Normally, there is a 70-day supply. So... 
EVs, you have a 92-day supply. Gasoline powered, 70-day supply. Okay. Okay, cool. EVs apparently are tending or are increasingly sitting there, especially the more expensive ones. Question for you, and does the, the piece cover this? Are they blaming the market or are they blaming the manufacturer? Could it be that Matthew and Kenny are right and the left is finally getting it? Or is it because they're too expensive, or is it just that because the manufacturers are just coming at it too hard and fast and heavy? I would love to say that they're they're faltering because the American public listens to this show, <laughs> but that's but, not the case, right? <laughs> I'm going to have to go with price. Yeah. As for luxury brands, they appear to be struggling as taking a closer look at them reveals much higher EV inventories than others. The Korean luxury brand Genesis, for example, sold only 18 of its nearly $82,000 G80 EVs in the 30 days leading up to June 29 and had 210 in stock nationwide, which comes to a 350-day supply, according to Cox Automotive's research. Other luxury brands like Audi's Q4 e-tron and Q8 e-tron and the GMC Hummer EV SUV have substantial inventories well above 100 days. To add insult to the injury of a luxury EV's high price tag, these vehicles are typically not eligible for for federal tax credits. So I can summarize this. Okay. Uh, to demonstrate your virtue, you euphorians are still buying electric cars, but you're only buying ones that where you can get a tax break, and you're only buying ones that you find uh, within your budget. Huh. You're not coming to your senses and not buying them because of moms and infants struggling in the Congo. My mom can't even stand the hybrid. Twice now she's tried to buy one of these Toyota minivan hybrids. And uh, the first time she actually owned it, she brought it back and said, nope, not for me. Give me another one. And then uh, in the last six months, she tried out another one thinking something had changed. Hates it. Doesn't even want the hybrid, which I think is, you know, not so bad. It's not for me, but it seems logical at least. Here's more from this piece from from NPR. Imagine an an entire population of people who cannot survive without scrounging in hazardous conditions for a dollar or two a day. There is no alternative. The mines have taken over everything. Hundreds of thousands of people have been displaced because their villages were bulldozed to make place for large mining concessions. So you have people with no alternative, no other source of income, no livelihood. Now add to that the menace, in many cases, of armed forces pressuring people to dig, parents having to make a painful decision, do I send my child to school or do we eat today? And if they choose the latter, that means bringing all their kids into these toxic pits to dig just to earn that extra 50 cents or a buck a day that could mean the difference between eating or not. 
So in the 21st century, this is modern day slavery. It's not yeah. chattel slavery from the 18th century where you can buy and uh, uh, trade individuals and own title over a person like property. But the level of degradation and the level of exploitation is on par with old world slavery. Well, it reminds, reminds me of the Middle Ages. What's the point of even living? There's no point to life if that's what you're stuck in. And this author writes, I spoke with many families whose children, husbands, spouses had suffered horrific injuries. Often, this is difficult to read. Uh Yeah. Often digging in these larger open air pits, there are pit wall collapses. Imagine a mountain of gravel and stone just avalanching down on people, crushing legs and arms and spines. I met people whose legs had been amputated, who had metal bars and where their legs used to be. And then the worst of all is what happens in tunnel digging. There are probably 10,000 to 15,000 tunnels that are dug by hand by artisanal miners. None of them have supports, ventilation shafts, rock bolts, anything like that. I mean, OSHA's not there to oversee? And these tunnels collapse all the time, burying alive everyone who was down there, including children. No unions. It's a demise that is almost impossibly horrific to imagine. And yet I met mothers pounding their chests in grief, talking about their children who had been buried alive in a tunnel collapse. And these stories never get out of the Congo. People don't know what's happening there. And if they did know, would it change their opinion? If it's, certainly, o- it's certainly impacting my opinion. If they're okay with the mining of cobalt there, how come they're not okay with the mining of lead here in Minnesota? Right. I have also learned an extremely valuable lesson in the last 20 uh, minutes. Hmm. Not, Excuse me, let me correct myself, Chris. Not lead. Nickel. Nickel. Thank, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. My valuable lesson I've just learned is next time I have a news source that's slightly related to the topic you're discussing on the show, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it came from Twitter. I'm going to say it came from NPR. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that'll just be code <laughs> to everybody I, else. I, I, I use extensive research, Chris. Extensive, yes, extensive research. Extensive. I might not research. make it till late fall to call my new garage door guy, the entire family, Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities, because those little sensors at the on either side of the door, <laughs> they keep getting out of whack. And I keep adjusting them, but they keep getting out of whack. You're doing it with your eye. They need to be calibrated. I need precision garage doors. Kenny can fix it. Mount them on the ceiling. No, I want precision (laughs) garage doors. I've met these people. They're my new garage door people. And as I say, I'm not going to make it till fall. they got to get over pretty darn quick. Garage doors are heavy. I don't want to lift that thing. And they do everything. Rollers, springs, the openers. And... uh, are you going to sell your place? They have new garage doors. Any kind of door you want, they'll put it in. They can be reached 24-7. They don't charge extra for weekends. Nice. They're available in the metro and western Wisconsin, and they fix garage doors correctly the first time. You're busy. They're busy. They're not going to hang around. Right. They come linger. in. They say, what's the problem? Too busy. And you point it out, and they say, let us take care of it. They fix garage doors correctly. Precision Garage Door MN. No, make it PrecisionDoorMN.com. But the whole outfit's called Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities. 
Since 1985, Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. They can also help you with drain cleaning, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality. Serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and more. Air Mechanical employs top-trained tradespeople in the state of Minnesota. They operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And their Total Solutions membership is like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership. Select one tune-up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance, repairs, service, and equipment costs. Catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly. We'd love it if you gave Air Mechanical a shout-out for any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical needs. Call or book online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Who dis? This is Joe's guy. Would you email this, forward this to me? <laughs> hang on, I, I got it. Hang on, hang on. Hang I already on. love it. Kick it in, though. Let's go. One, two, three, four. I want to run with you All the way to the end Across the frozen lake again I like it. I want to set the stage GLer Dave Berlin game. Kenny forwarded this from his buddy Gary and his band Boss Gang City. I so, Willard right? Munger? Suits, you like it? I do. Mm, I might have to rethink my uh, liking it then. Well, a GLer volunteered this <laughs> for us and made it for us. If you like it, I'm not sure that I like That'd it. That'd be like ripping Dylan. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Moon Motorsports, the most exciting showroom in the region. More of the latest Triumph models still rolling in. Drop into Moon Monticello. Check out the Triumph Street Triple 766 Moto 2 Edition. The Triumph Rocket 3R Chrome Edition. They also have a complete lineup of the latest generation of the Tigers Adventure Motorcycles, including the 850 Sport in both graphic and Baja Orange. The Triumph li- uh, lineup, vast, a lot of Triumphs to choose from. You can see them all at moonmotorsports.com. And if you like getting out in the dirt, ATV riders or Moon, Moon just received a truckload of your favorite Polaris sportsman. You know, uh, speaking of Polaris and uh, the side-by-sides, the Ranger, it's now my goal, and I shouldn't re- reveal this too much details, but I plan on driving a side-by-side across the country. I want to start on one coast, coast in a Polaris um, Ranger side-by-side, and drive it to the other coast. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and to get that, I'm going to go up to Moon in Monticello and buy one. They're just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities. And, of course, like I said, the web, moonmotorsports.com. China cornered the global cobalt market before anyone knew what was happening. It goes back to the year 2009 under the previous president in the Congo, Joseph Kabila. And for euphorians, I'm still reading from NPR. He signed a deal with the Chinese government for access to mining concessions in exchange for development assistance, a commitment to build roads and some public health clinics, schools, hospitals, things like that. And that opened the door. Before anyone knew what happened, Chinese companies had seized ownership of 15 of the 19 primary industrial copper cobalt mining concessions in the Congo. So they dominate mining excavation on the ground, and not just that, they dominate the chain all the way through to the battery level. 
They have about 70 to 80% of the refined cobalt market and probably half of the battery market. And what do we have in this country? Squad. You got college kids crying and pouting about their safe spaces and yeah. their pronouns. And we, as we weaken, China really doesn't give a bleep what your pronoun is. Nope. And... Uh, so the electric cars you're driving, I would imagine the materials needed for the battery, I, I don't know this for a fact. I wonder if you can go to a dealership and say, look, I want an electric car, but I, I, want, I want one uh, with a battery that was made entirely in the United States yes. for materials in the United States. <laughs> Do you think that exists? Can you? <laughs> I, I, I don't you know. I'll look. I want, I'm going to buy an electric car today, but you have to demonstrate to me that every ounce of the battery was, was realized from the United States of America. Yeah. Because I'm not going to contribute to a mother with an infant strapped to her back, scrounging around in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Congo. Uh, I'm old enough to remember the first democratically elected president of the Congo, Congo. Uh, Patrice Mamumba. Patrice Lamumba. Here's what happened I, to Patrice. I swear Jason Bourne killed him. The first democratically elected president of the Congo in 1960, Patrice Lamumba, made a pledge that the country's immense mineral riches and resources would be used for the benefit of the people who live there. And in short order, within six months, he had been deposed, assassinated, chopped to pieces, dissolved in acid, and replaced with a bloody dictator, a corrupt dictator who would keep the minerals flowing in the right direction. So if you don't play ball with the power brokers at the top of the chain and with the global north, Patrice Lumumba showed what's the outcome, what will happen. And I think that's also a part of the lesson that we need to understand historically when we talk about corruption. And then he goes into China cornering the market. So it seems to me the piper you got to pay in the Congo is China. Wow. Mm -hmm. I have your answer. Yeah. Dateline February 17th of 2023, Tesla introduced the LFP formula to to its US lineup last year. Now Ford is following suit. Ford announced on Monday that it will build a new 3.5 billion dollar EV battery factory in Michigan dedicated exclusively to manufacturing LFP style. I don't batteries. know what LFP means. It's well, I'm sure it's a style, but that they're building a factory to make just the batteries. That's fine, but where are the materials coming from? Oh, I that I okay. I mean, if it's a boatload of cobalt shipped over here that mom dug up, I don't want the damn Ford or Chevrolet or right Buick electric vehicle. I don't want any of them if that's the case. It's pathetic. Have you ever seen a mom with an infant strapped to her back, uh, Rook, on an oil rig? I have not. Have you ever seen that? I have not. It's difficult enough to have that baby strapped to your back and do your daily activities at home or traveling through the airport, mm -hmm. let alone be picking at I had the, the little substance. guy one time when I was vacuuming, and 
he may have slipped a little bit. Ooh. Oh, jeez. Did the vacuum suck him up? No, but he landed. At least he landed on the couch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was oh, fine. Well, what the hell's wrong soft. with that? That's, yeah. You know what that is? That's not. That's fun time. That's fun, nothing. exactly. <laughs> One of my finest hours is, and I'm reminded of it occasionally if there's babies around and I'm holding a baby, is maybe at about 2 a.m. when it was my turn to feed this, uh, I think it was Matthew, and uh, I was sitting on the chair, and I may have had a couple of bourbons prior to going to bed. <laughs> And pretty soon she hears a little thud. Yeah. And uh, kid fell and, off. And huh? comes out and he, well, he he was moving around. I think he slipped. And by that point, I'd already. Yeah. Speaking of children. Right in back pocket. Speaking of children in harm's way. Yeah. I think Jordy alerted me to this. I, for the life of me, cannot understand this. A key California Assembly Committee has blocked a bill that would make child trafficking a felony. Has Wait, blocked what, a bill. What, okay, what, there's a what? bill out there that's going to make it a felony. This person has said, we don't want it, we don't need it. <laughs> How and why? <sighs> what possible reason? California lawmakers in the Assembly Public Safety Committee on Tuesday blocked a measure that would have classified human traffic of, trafficking of a minor as a serious felony under state law. An effort that attempted to keep repeat offenders behind bars and make them ineligible to be released from prison early. The measure was halfway through the state's legislative process, having cleared the state Senate unanimously with broad bipartisan support. None of the six Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee were willing to cast a vote on the measure Tuesday. Republican Assemblymen Juan Alanis and Tom Lackey were the bill's only yes votes. Following the vote, those in the audience could be heard yelling, you're horrible and you all should be ashamed of yourself to the committee members. Human trafficking victims embraced and sobbed in front of the dais. Uh, Let's see. Uh, The bill's author, State Senator Shannon Grove, a Republican from Bakersfield, said she was blindsided. Blindsided. I am profoundly disappointed the committee Democrats could not bring themselves to support the bill with their stubborn and misguided objection to any penalty increase, regardless of how heinous the crime, Grove said. You can pass a note to a bank and rob a bank. You can commit arson, and that's considered a serious felony. But to traffic a minor child in the state of California is not. It's not a serious felony. Grove noted repeat offenders who traffic people under the age of 17 are eligible for early release credits and are not required to serve their full prison sentences. For example, someone sentenced to the maximum 12 years in prison for the crime may end up serving four years with the right right amount of good conduct credits. That measure, Senate Bill 14, would have made the offense subject to California's three strikes law, meaning those who were convicted of the crime again would face harsher penalties on their next offense, potentially up to life in prison. How many chances do you get? And that's what the Democrats objected to. Opponents of the measure, including the Ella Baker Center, have said the state already has laws in place to keep traffickers in prison for a significant amount of time. The Assembly Public Safety Committee Chairman, Assemblyman Reggie Jones-Sawyer, Democrat from Los Angeles, said in Tuesday's hearing, more prison time would not address the root of the problem. 
Yeah, I think it would in this case. I think it would, too. (sighs) Grove told KCRA3 that prior to Tuesday's hearing, she reached out to Jones-Sawyer on his cell phone three times, and her staff reached out to his staff six or seven times, but he refused to take a meeting. Uh, Jones-Sawyer's office provided this response. The assembly member's office is aware of a single call from Senators Grove's staff to his legislative director on Friday, July 7th, to advise that the Senate had... Sp- oh, who cares? The Democrats would not... In other words, you you child traffic. You traffic in children. Okay. And you get a bunch of good conduct uh, check marks on your file. Uh, you might only have to serve four years. Of the twelve years, I don't care. Right, so then now you go out again. You go out again, and you traffic a youth, and you get arrested. The Democrats are objecting the fact that you would suffer a serious sentence. They're out of their mind. Are you? um, I was going to use an expletive. Are you guys aware of the movie The Sound of Freedom? That's in the box office. I've heard of it. I'm unaware of its uh, content. Last week, my mother and I were discussing this. She saw it and she said, "I think every." Parent alive needs to watch this movie. It's oh, haunting. Wow. It's devastating, but it's necessary. This it's being promo- It's it's being. Um, we've got uh, demonstrators all over the country that are saying, "Oh, this is a, a bad light." Being, it's it's necessary because this is what's going on. In, in is it a world. documentary? It's no, it's not a documentary, but it's a story of a man who rescues a young boy, uh, I believe, out of Colombia from child trafficking, then realizes that his sister is still in captivity. So he... The little kid's sister. Correct. Yeah. So and he so goes he, and tries he, to he find tries the to, sister. He tries to find the sister. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is an effort, and I, I don't care, I'll die on this hill. This is an effort to continue to normalize this type of behavior, and I don't know how you can see it any other way. I don't understand it. That that That's why people in positions of power, just like these fruitcakes... They're, they're trying to get this to be normalized. And that's, it's, it's shameful. Well, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that in some wings of the left movement, their crime doesn't even exist. They wish it to be normalized. But if this, yeah, if this isn't a wake-up call, if this right here, you're harming innocent children. If that's not worthy of a crime, then what the hell is? You see where Minneapolis has yet another safety program? Yeah, but Public this, one, safety? this one's going to work. Is we this the down. one that's going to work? This is the one. This is the, the other You know forget. why this one might work? Why? It's called the Harvard Plan. Oh, sure. Oh, no, Harvard. 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 $400,000 to a consultant. There's a gentleman wearing a Harvard tie because he went to Harvard. He's got very strong elbows. And I believe Cedric Alexander would wish to hire some more people, maybe just to analyze the Harvard Plan. Cedric the Entertainer, yes. Cedric, you are a bullshitter from the word go. <laughs> I've given up on that goofball. Yeah, he uh, he figured it. He figured it out. He Excuse out. me. Do you have any gray poupon? <laughs> yes. Wow, you're going way back to what, they 1975. They got more public pro- they got programs. Where are they getting all their money? Uh, you, uh, but you don't yeah, live in Minneapolis. I ain't, I ain't been in Minneapolis. It's a Harvard plan. <laughs> We're going to involve more of the communities as opposed to the police. 
Thank oh, I'm getting English. That's not yes, really a horror. Thank yes. God the government is there to help us. Oh, what would we do without him? Catch this Cedric's act the next time he's on TV. How much? 400K? He, he's really a polished bullshitter. I'm, excuse my language, but there's no other way to say it. This is unbelievable. They hired this guy to come in here and wear his $500 suits, and he just you're, he hasn't done a thing. And and to his to cut him some slack, what the hell can he do? What the hell can the Harvard plan do? Right. What the hell can the Department of Justice do? You have people who behave badly, and you are afraid to say that because mm-hmm. you are idiots. Is he considered to be a consultant, Joe? No, he's got a gig. He's, he's a, the yeah, director yeah, of public job, yeah. safety or whatever the okay. hell he's pretending right. to be. Because that's where the real money is, consulting. Well, he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. If we had any sense at all, we'd shut this podcast down and start uh, consulting other podcasts. <laughs> then we'd really that's make how the we're big, get big, paid. big do dough. Right. Big dough. Uh, would you like to return with Mr. Height? But first, I want to tell the GLers about North American Banking Company, proud supporters of Garage Logic's 30th anniversary, and we thank them for that. And I'm a proud That's customer. My guy Bilski. Yes, it is. And I'm a proud customer of North American Banking Company, and you should be too. They have six locations to serve you Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, Shoreview, and their new location over there in Maple Grove. Now, they offer the same online and mobile banking options that the other big banks do. But you know what? They also offer the service of a community bank. North American Banking Company is locally owned and operated, which means that loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. And this helps business owners solve problems and expand their business with confidence. Their team of experienced bankers are ready to help business owners navigate all of the challenges and obstacles that come along with owning a business. When North American Banking Company first opened back in 1998, they made a promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers, where you know your banker and they know you. While a lot has changed since 1998, this commitment to being a true community bank in the Twin Cities, well, that has not. So, find them online right now. NABankco.com. That's NABankco.com. That's their website where you can go online and check them out. And North American Banking Company, member FDIC, is an equal housing lender. From high atop the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, we're celebrating 30 years of garage logic. Thanks in part to North American Banking Company. Okay. And you're the professional newsman, John. Couple I'm going zo- with John's uh, take on this. A couple zoo stories. This one you can find on the Garage Logic page at the website. Mr. Reavers got this one for me. Heather Bouncer videotaped her 13-year-old, uh, 13-month-old, excuse me, 13-month-old Jack at the zoo sitting in front of the glass that encased some lions. Jack was wearing an outfit that was black and white striped. One of the lioness must have thought Jack was a zebra. <laughs> Tried, oh, tried to get the kid? Tried to get Jack through the glass. And it's pretty funny. Mom talked with Good Morning America this morning. She said uh, by the whole thing, Jack was amused. Yeah, he loves kitties. So he stood up afterwards and was waving and saying, hi, kitty, kitty. 
You're gonna oh. have to explain what what so you're talking about. So basically, there was really? a video. They're they're at the zoo. The little kid, he's what, probably like six, thirteen months. Yeah, I was gonna say about a year old or whatever. Little and carpet crawler. He's he's in a, a black and white striped outfit, so he looks like a baby zebra. And this this younger lion uh, tries to grab him. He's like opening his mouth, trying to eat the kid. Like they're celebrated the by a wall of glass. Yeah, funny. by about a foot, you know, piece Very of glass. Yeah. It was just hilarious. Well, that's a cute story. Yeah, it's posted at fifteen hundred ESPN.com under Garage Logic. Here's one for Kenny. A zoo story of a different kind. A zookeeper leapt into action in China. <laughs> to save watching the video right now. See, isn't it cute, Kenny? Yeah, See? kids are cute. You I have to admit it. Look at it's opening its hand <laughs> trying to get the thing in its uh, mouth. What an awesome kid. Oh, the only thing I thought watching it was, what if that window breaks? <laughs> yeah. You were worried no that yeah. would be but an see, issue. Too, here's how my mind works. No, if good. I was a zoo employee. You were probably wondering if you could set up your wax hands No, you want that too. But if I was a zoo employee I, and that happened, I would have the fake lion suit <laughs> and, and run, run around the corner right hey, <laughs> the kid just to see what the mom would do. Like, ah! <laughs> Like from Wizard of Oz, that yes, kind of lion suit? The ding ding lion suit. Wow. Oh, you thought you could get away. I love thinking about stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, apparently you do. Okay. Wow. You have issues. I'm sick, I know. Oh, There's, it's on the news right yeah, now. It's right on the news. It's on Channel 5 right oh, there now. There you go, see? Uh, yeah. See, and if you had a lion suit like that, and just <laughs> the mom would pass out. Now, a zoo story of a different kind. Okay. A zookeeper in China. Jumped into action to save a constipated baby monkey by licking the monkey's rear end with his tongue. Oh, I'm out. Okay, turn off Kenny's right. Turn off Reavers. Turn off everything. I can't believe you're doing this story. I threatened. Oh, my God. I Again, actually, if I worked at that zoo, I would dress up <laughs> like a monkey. <laughs> oh, I can't go to the bathroom. I'm sorry. I had to put my monkey suit on now. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, don't try that one at home. No, John, this is this is very awkward. What is I, this story? I missed what, this happened one? what happened now? The, the monkey was constipated. Sure, it's a little baby monkey. It's a Francois. Oh, it's leaf an monkey. infant. That's nothing. Ate a peanut thrown into its cage, but oh, it was too oh, small oh, no, to no. have it pass through its digestive oh, system. Oh, what do you do? Yeah, fifty-year-old. Who is the person that discovered this? Is how? Well, it we're works. trying to get to the spot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got an idea. She's hey, kind of hairbrained. Anybody <laughs> ever tried that? Just do this. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna work, but uh, hey, get that intern in here. <laughs> 50-year-old Zhang Bangsheng, a keeper at Wuhan Zoo, said the monkey's life was in danger. So he washed the bottom with warm water. Oh, okay. Cleaned it up. Yeah, and then licked it for... Oh, okay. Now it's okay. Yeah. And don't worry about me. I used to do this in the army. Go get that. Go get Bangsheng. We got another one that just ate a walnut. Washed the bottom with warm water oh. and then licked it for an yeah. hour before. Well, what would that do? Well, well he I, got him out well. in five minutes, but he was just having so much fun. An hour. <laughs> he couldn't stop. <laughs> uh, it, it, it took an hour, and then the monkey was able to go to the bathroom. That's for fantastic. Pete's sake, just put some, you know, soup <laughs> on it or something. Yeah. I mean, what the soup. hell? <laughs> well, anything but this. Zang, I did say afterwards, yeah. I laughed with satisfaction yeah. to know that I'd help the little guy out. Thank you very much. 
30 Years of Garage Logic is brought to you by North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. To learn more, go to nabankco.com. Join us all summer long as we look back at 30 years of GL memories. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I love that guitar. Yeah, that's nice. I can give you the self-described description of this band if you'd like once you're done with your... Why not start? First, let's talk about the big Independence Day sale, the 4th of July sale with Liberty Safes at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Keep those valuables safe, secure from calamity and fire. And it's at the same time, celebrate the uh, tremendous savings you're getting on the most popular Liberty Safes right there at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. The Liberty Safe made here in the United States by Americans, fully transferable lifetime warranties, best fire protection in the business. And thanks to our guy at maplegrovelockandsafe.com, Rich, the owner and proprietor, professional delivery and installation no problem. All you have to do is ask. You can call if you need to, 763-494-9075, but it would be to your advantage, advantageous, if you stopped into the showroom, 6901 East Fish Lake Road, open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. He's going to send you home happy. You can see all of this 24 hours a day at the website, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Here's John Hyde in his newsroom. Thank you, Joe. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office this morning charging a 20-year-old Minneapolis man with four felony counts related to that crash Saturday night in Robbinsdale that killed a young mom and severely injured her husband. Quentin Leon Hudson accused of being under the influence of drugs when he broadsided the minivan at the intersection of North Orchard and 36th Avenues after a brief pursuit by police. 34-year-old Emily Girding of Crystal died. Her husband, John, remains hospitalized with serious injuries. The Robbinsdale office officer called off the chase, but uh, Hudson continued at speeds of up to 90 miles an hour before the crash. He's charged with fleeing police and causing a death and fleeing police and causing great bodily harm. He also faces one count of criminal vehicular homicide and one count of criminal vehicular operation. County Attorney's Office said the fleeing causes death is the same level of severity in state sentencing guidelines as second-degree intentional murder. When asked why he didn't stop when the officer tried to stop him, he replied only with he didn't want to, according to the charges. Yes, sir. This is, this is terribly uh, misleading. Uh, it suggests that the reason he was speeding was to flee the cop. The cop noticed this guy speeding in the first place, if -hmm. you'll recall the story. Then pursued, realized, wait a minute, this is way too chaotic. I'm backing off. In other words, this guy wasn't speeding because he was trying to flee the police. He was speeding because he's a criminal word, I can't say. It had nothing to do with the cops. So I just hope that... Slowed down at first, right? I thought he slowed down and then took but, off. Well, if I don't have the original story in front I don't, of me, I don't either. Yeah, I but say. the cop witnessed a speeder. Right. Yep. He didn't cause the speeder was, to be a speeder. Which was the initial intent of right. the, the traffic stop. Well, I just hope they've yep. charged him with enough to put him away for as long as you put this Derek Thompson and, away for. Anybody of note blaming the police? No, but, but I don't think so. Note how careful the police are to say, look, we, we backed off. 
because you got these community activists who'll stand around with their blue hair and say, this got to be the cops' fault. Yep. Well, it'll be the cops' fault until one of you get run down by a speeder. Because this, right. again, just like when Derek Thompson took out the five gals, innocent, just happened to be there. Same with this family. It could be anybody. Yep. A man convicted of murder and the death of nine-year-old Trinity Otteson Smith will spend decades behind bars. Dupree Robinson sentenced yesterday morning to 37 and a half years in prison for the shooting that killed Otteson Smith back in spring of 2021. That's not long enough. No, you'll you'll remember the story. We talked about it a lot. Otteson shot May 15th, 2021, playing on a trampoline in the backyard of her friend's home on the 2020 block of Illion Avenue North and died less than two weeks later. Robinson had pleaded guilty to second-degree murder back in March. His sentence fell on top end of what was expected to receive under terms of the plea deal. Uh, Robinson had initially been charged with second-degree murder, later indicted on a a first-degree murder charge. After victim impact statements were read in court, Robinson also briefly spoke. In a statement, he said he felt sorry for Otteson Smith's family, but denied having anything to do with her death. And again said his guilty plea should have been withdrawn because he was under the influence of opiates when he made it. He moved to withdraw the plea in April, but Judge Julie Allen denied it, saying she believed Robinson fully knew what he was doing when he entered the plea and didn't have his judgment impaired. She reiterated that feeling before sentencing him. Community members voicing frustrations during a listening session about juvenile crime at Mount Olivet Church in Minneapolis last night. The public had the chance to share concerns with a panel of Hennepin County judges, including Chief Judge Todrick Barnett. Several city residents emotionally describing the targets of crime, including carjackings. One woman telling the panel two armed men entered her garage, held her at gunpoint, stole her car and valuables in 2021. She told the council, I think the most disconcerting thing was this person had a lengthy juvenile record. Community members questioned what the court is doing to prevent youth from reoffending and whether stricter consequences are needed. Judge Angel Angel. Angela Williams said, none of us up here want kids to reoffend. It seems like we're letting kids go, but every time we see a child, we're trying to get to their needs as quickly as possible. Juvenile court presiding judge Mark Kappelhoff explained the court has implemented new policies over the last few months as a result of a previous listening session. Now, those changes, any young person charged with fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle will be mandatorily detained and has to appear before a judge within 36 hours. Any youth charged in an auto theft must get a court date within three days to expedite the case. Any carjacking case in which a young person is charged will be specifically assigned to a judge. And the court has launched a pretrial services program to provide earlier intervention and support for their family. It just makes me more mad. Mm-hmm. It, it's the judges. I mean, big deal if they get in front of a judge qu- quicker. If the judge just sets them free, doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and uh, one question for you guys: Were you as disappointed with the choice of where they had the meeting? Uh, were you dis- as disappointed as I was? Where'd they have it? Mount Olivet Mount Church, Olivet Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, which prevents any. Buddy, with any kind of morals at all, from really truly speaking their mind, because this this subject deserves yelling and screaming and swearing, and yeah. a good person can't do that in a church. Oh, plus, bleep these listening sessions. Let's have some do something sessions. Well, see, that should be said, but yeah. you can't say bleep this in a church. You right. just, I mean, if you're a decent person, right? 
Well, it's a Lutheran church. I can right. get away with it. <laughs> 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 the penalty is not as bad. <laughs> Star Tribune reporting a former Twin Cities property management executive has admitted to embezzling more than $3 million from his employer to fund a lavish lifestyle. David E. Katz pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court in St. Paul to wire fraud in connection with the embezzlement while he was the chief financial officer for Durand and Associates in South St. Paul from 2012 until his firing in 2017. Durand and Associates specialized providing homeowner association services that included lawn care, snow removal, and building services in exchange for a monthly fee. The plea agreement between the prosecution and Katz's attorney says that federal guidelines call for him to get a sentence ranging from two and three quarters to nearly three and a half years. However, federal judges have discretion when sentencing defendants. They're not bound by those guidelines. The plea deal also calls for Katz to pay back the $3 million he stole. Sentencing for Katz, who now lives in Arizona, has yet to be scheduled. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's yes. got to pay all $3 million back. Mm-hmm. But the That's guys correct. that did the uh, food fraud only have to pay back. Remember the one guy, he stole Yeah, well, you're right. It was a I certain percentage. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as much. Well, yeah. here I was ready to offer you up an apology because Rook, his initial tagline was correct when he did the ads. They take everything. everything. Yeah, <laughs> They take everything. It's a different property they management company. But they take everything. <laughs> Uh, let's take a short break here and hear from our friend, the Rookster. Well, I'm very happy to tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities online at mnmasoniccharities.org. And not a lot, I don't tell you about what their services are. I tell you about their scholarships and so forth. But uh, Minnesota Masonic Charities has a lot going on between their Minnesota Masonic home. That's in Bloomington. They're celebrating 100 years of compassionate, exceptional care going to aging adults. Beautiful place, uh, listed on 80 pristine acres of woods and pathways along the Minnesota River. Minnesota Masonic Home, just one of the way, one of the ways they help people out. The Minnesota Masonic Children's Clinic. The ability to communicate and process language is critical for the healthy development of kids. Ages birth to nine years is particular important time. Well, they help those kids with the Minnesota Masonic Children's Clinic, Minnesota Masonic Heritage Center. There's so much to do. Why am I telling you about this? All you have to do is go to their website mnmasoniccharities.org. You can poke around for the scholarships, the podcast, and all of their services. The reason they're on Garage Logic is to get the word out that they, and they're not patting themselves on the back. They're just saying, look at what we're doing. We're proud of ourselves, and we're proud of the people that we're helping. So I'm not even going to give you a phone number. I'm just going to tell you, go to their website, mnmasoniccharities.org. When you do talk to someone, though, just don't forget to tell them you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. I told you guys yesterday about GL or Charlene who discovered the magic that is the seafoam Bugs Be Gone. She was on a world tour, uh, found herself a jug of, it's actually a spray bottle. It's not a jug. It's a spray bottle of uh, Bugs Be Gone, sprayed it on her windshield, uh, and then got out the squeegee deal, and uh, the bugs came off 
Toot sweet, super easy. And that's how you do it with Bugs Be Gone. Uh, just keep one in your car when you get to the gas station before you hook the pump up, spray the windshield down, then go about your pumping, and then hit it with the squeegee. Boom, Bugs Gone instantly. You don't have to do all that hard scrubbing. Really, really easy. You can use it on all sorts of organic matter. Um, we're talking RVs, golf carts, motorcycles, boats, wherever you find bugs and organic matter. Give it a shot. See what happens. See how it works. Mold, green, icky stuff. Yeah, especially on your boat. Try it. Uh, it's a it's a real miracle juice. Another wonderful, wonderful product from our folks at Seafoam. In other news, inflation fell to its lowest annual rate in more than two years during June. The product of some deceleration in costs and easy comparisons against a time when price increases were running at a more than 40-year high. The Consumer Price Index, which measures inflation, increased 3% from a year ago. Yes, sir. No, I, I was trying to get the attention of the people in oh, this I'm room. Oh, I'm sorry. Which is the lowest level since March 2021. On a monthly basis. Yeah, you might as well no, I don't think. I'll wait, you I'll, wait, I'll wait till you're done. Okay, so ooh, sounds good. Uh, President Biden's approval rating held steady at forty percent in early July, close to the lowest levels of his presidency as economic worries continued to trouble Americans. That, according to a new Reuters Ipsos poll, a three-day online poll which asked Americans do you approve or disapprove of the way Joe Biden is handling his job, and ended on Monday, showed a marginal decrease from his forty-one percent approval rating a month earlier. The largest number of respondents, twenty-one percent, cited the economy as their top concern, followed by fifteen percent who cited crime or corruption. Biden's rating is pretty much identical to his Republican predecessor, Donald Trump's 41% approval at this point. Uh, the two presidents before them had much higher numbers, Barack Obama and George W. Bush. Respondents were evenly split in their views on the Supreme Court's decision last month to strike down Biden's student loan forgiveness program with 49% supporting the decision and 48% opposed. Some 70% of respondents said they would support term limits for Supreme Court justices, including 85% of Democrats and 56% of Republicans. The poll was conducted online. Responses from 1,028 adults. I believe I have the explanation, Johnny, as to why inflation um, remained, what would we say, stagnant over the course of time? Well, it's actually improving Your a bit. vice president, yes. Joe, yes. Uh, yes. had the following to say about AI, and I believe that this probably helped the economy. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. And I think. So, is it two letters? I missed that part. I'm glad a you told me. Yeah, a and okay. I. It's two letters. Okay. Oh, what an idiot. 
Former, former Charles Manson follower Leslie Van Houten was released from prison on Tuesday after serving 53 years behind bars. According to her attorney, Van Houten is now in a transitional living facility. She was released to parole supervision. She'll have a three-year maximum parole term with a parole discharge review occurring after one year. Van Houten was 19 when she took part in the August 10, 1969 murders of Leno LaBianca, a wealthy grocer, and his wife Rosemary LaBianca at their Los Angeles home. Both were stabbed to death and the word war was carved on Leno LaBianca's stomach. Van Houten told ABC News in 1994 that she and another Manson follower took Rosemary LaBianca into a bedroom and the sounds of Mr. LaBianca dying came into the bedroom. She started calling out to him and yelling for him, saying she realized at that point that those two people loved each other. At that point, she said Manson follower Charles Tex Watson handed her a knife and said, do something. At that point, she says she stabbed Mrs. LaBianca in the lower back 16 times. Jeez. I'd leave her yeah. in jail. Well, uh, I'm really happy that she's out. With her. Van Houten did not take part in the Manson family murders of actor Sharon Tate and four others who were killed at another L.A. home one night earlier. Uh, Manson, of course, didn't commit any of the killings himself, just sending people to do them. He died in prison in 20. 17. Although I don't like, and you could probably agree, Joe, the rewriting of history in movies. Once upon a time in Hollywood, uh, that the <laughs> ending of that, that end of the ending of that movie. Oh my God. It's just so fantastic. I loved it. So fantastic. Yeah. Archaeologists resumed digging yesterday at the remote site of a former Native American boarding school in central Nebraska looking for the remains of children who died there decades ago. The search for a hidden cemetery near the former Genoa Indian Industrial School in Nebraska gained renewed interest after the discovery of hundreds of children's remains at other Native American boarding school sites across the U.S. and Canada since 2021. The school part of a national system of more than 400 Native American boarding schools that attempted to assimilate indigenous people into white culture by separating children from their families, cutting them off from their heritage and inflicting physical and emotional abuse. Newspaper clippings and records and a student's letter indicate at least 86 students died at the school, mostly due to disease such as tuberculosis and typhoid. At least one death was blamed on an accidental shooting. A Canadian teenager accused of defacing a Japanese temple designated as UNESCO World Heritage Site just weeks ago after a similar incident at the Colosseum in Rome, Italy. Police in Japan said the 17-year-old carved the name Julian with his fingernail into a wooden pillar at the Toshidaji Kondo Temple. That was built in 759. Wow. Oh. Old one, huh? What a temple. The temple is one of eight protected historic monuments in the ancient city of Nara in central Japan. A Japanese tourist spotted the teen carving the name and told staff. The following day, police questioned him on suspicion of violating the country's cultural property protection law. Uh, under Japanese law, he could face up to five years in prison or a fine equivalent to about $2,100. This follows an incident in Italy a couple of weeks ago where a tourist carved Ivan plus Haley, 23, into the Colosseum in Rome. He faces up to $16,000 in fines and five years in jail. He wrote an apology letter. The man claimed he wasn't aware of the ancient monument's age or the seriousness oh, of what he Oh, no. Done. Then you, what are you visiting it for? And you wonder why we're in trouble? The world has a stupidity problem. Well, you these remember? were Americans, weren't they, John? Uh, signed not, the, in the Colosseum? It does, it's not in this story that they were Americans. They were I'm Americans. not sure. Like, they didn't know how old the Colosseum was. 
Do you guys remember our own um, indiscretion like this? It happened in uh, Montana, and it was somebody, some dumb kid from the Twin Cities. Yeah. Uh, There's a place right off 94 next to the Yellowstone River called Pompey's Pillar, where William Clark uh, got out of the canoe and carved his name into a rock next to some pictographs. This jackass kid a couple of years ago just drove up and carved his own name right next to it. Yep. Yep. John, I'll wrap it up with one more big one. I got one more big one. You'll be amazed at this, I think. Montgomery, Alabama police say a young child is responsible for a carjacking and vehicle chase Tuesday morning. Major Saba Coleman said officers responded to a robbery call in West Fairview Avenue shortly after 11 a.m. They soon learned a child had carjacked someone at gunpoint. Uh, they found out when they arrested him, it was an eight-year-old boy wow. taken into custody, charged with first-degree robbery, attempting to elude, and certain persons forbidden to possess a firearm taken to the Montgomery County Youth Detention Facility. A gun was recovered at the scene. A witness, who goes only by the name Snake, said he followed the vehicle from the crash scene and realized along the way it was a little boy who was driving and calling police. Uh, and perhaps the uh, understatement of the year, Snake said, uh, to reporters, I think parents just really need to know where their kids are, what their kids are doing, and talk to them about these kinds of things. Uh, what NFL quarterback was called the snake? Kenny Ken Stabler. Alabama, maybe that was uh, the snake. Probably the only professional quarterback that has been on Monday Night Sports Talk. He was? You had him on for some reason. I was. That was early in he was? 1990 or something like that. <laughs> Grab the firearm from the kid, pop him in the face, throw him in the back, and take him to the cops. Yeah. What the hell? Yep. Yeah, eight years old. John, off. I don't like the direction your news is going. Can we please have more uh, monkey butt licking yeah, stories? Well, I, like oddly enough, oddly enough, when we return, I have a zoo story that intrigues me. No okay. end. Does it involve monkey butts? Nope. 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 You know, you should always know what your kids are doing. And hopefully your kids are going to Croatia next year with you. Mom with and or Dad, without your consent. Yes, give the kids a little <laughs> treat. Let's go. Sign them up. I'll be a good chaperone, if you know what I mean. We're talking about eight days on the Adriatic King. It is an 18-cabin motor yacht. You can see it in action, and it's a really, really neat boat. We're going to be living like uh How do I see it in action? EscapeWithUsVacations.com has a video of the entire ship, and it's... It's perks, including a hot tub and a pool, etc. Great dining room. I think the bar is going to be pretty good, too. I bet. Yeah, it is going to be. This is next year. It's not this July. It's July 14th through the 21st. Maria and Teresa over at Escape With Us Vacations. My two sisters are uh, hosting as long with me. Yes, you're going to have to live with me for eight days. Are you going to perform? Uh, I haven't billed them yet for that. All we right. haven't discussed how much I'm going to bill them for that. Right. Uh, but if you would like to call, and there are garage logicians, um, Steve and Julie, our are they friends going? from Bay, are they're they going. going. Yeah, I got one of my moles going with his wife. 651-788-4338 and some returning garage logicians as well. So it is going to fill up. Uh, there is an option for a second boat, but I'm not going to be arrogant enough to think that they're going to bring two boats. What is this, a Taylor Swift concert? I just want to fill one <laughs> boat up first. So <laughs> escapewithusvacations.com. Get all the details of what's included because there's a whole long list that I'm not going to be able to do in the 45 seconds that I have left for this app. Will there be a professional skipper on this boat? You're not uh, driving a, the no, boat. No, there's a full crew. Yeah, right. There's a full crew. It's going to be like, uh, what is it, uh, down under? Boat. What's the show? boat show? Yeah. Below the Deck. Uh-huh. Is a reality show. I'm and unaware of that. This is going to be just like that. Uh-huh. All right. 
651-788-4338 or escapewithusvacations.com. Naked. Uh, you, how long are you going to go? Because I got to. I have a meeting in split. When you got to split? Okay, I got. I have to be there too. Cause I'd like to ups. start the show. All right, I'm just going to sneak up. Bye, you guys. It's the end of the Bye, world everybody. as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. But you got time for this zoo story? Oh, okay, yeah. For the first time ever, a giant panda has given birth to twin females. In South Korea. Oh, fantastic. Now, one of the, it's amazing to me because I watched the video. Have you ever seen a baby panda bear? I've never seen Yeah, they're baby about bear. the size of a beach ball. They're huge. They're the size of your thumb, and they're very similar looking to a newborn bird. Gross. Peach they're ball. just tiny. Like little baby mice that little are so skinny, creepy. Skinless. Skin, what am I saying? Yeah. Hairless. Hairless. Yeah. yeah. Little teeny things, and mom puts them in her mouth to what? kind of travel around well, the she den. the zoo story. And uh, I don't know how they grow up to be these massive, beautiful creatures because the babies are just ugly as sin. <laughs> they're pink. They look like little lizards or something. They're pink. <laughs> well, and they're tiny. Well, I have the audio of the guy explaining it, Chris. I gave why does that surprise you that they're tiny? Of course, they're newborns. No, no, no. But I've seen a giraffe get birthed. They come out. They're Where? walking Where in ten on, minutes on Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Yeah. Or no, what? on a documentary. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they're yeah. big. It's big. They're a, they're, a bit wobbly, but yeah. But John, they're not that long. They're tiny. Go they're look horrible. at the video. They're I'm looking, tiny. I'm watching a mom one pick one up with the mouth here. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. They're here, like here's, a the, like, here's an explanation. Oh, what do we got? The video. That's the name. That's the sound they make. Uh, 쌍둥이를 낳은 것이 우리 멸종 위기 중의 상징과자 같은 판다들이 좀더 이제 I told you there was an English. Yeah, this is from Care 11. There was an English version of that. Care 11. was this? Is this Korean? South Korea. He's playing the South Korean. Here, give me. Let's start it over again. I know a little bit of Korean. Yeah, translate for us if you would. Uh, this young one is very small because it's just been born. Now the mother will, mother, oh yeah, mother will lift this baby into its mouth and move it to the other one to make sure that what is present today is a safe, healthy a panda. Hmm. Yeah. Matthew, did he I mean, say anything? Funny. I'm just I'm telling you what it... Did he say anything about licking a monkey's butt? <laughs> I left that part out, but toward the end he said, No, if, no he didn't. If there is a, no, one no, way to no, do this, no. my friend showed me uh, the other day. <laughs> I got something from the mole you guys need to hear. Okay, while well, I'm packing up, I'm Yeah, you, you do what you got to do there. But Thanks, Bobby. This. Put him in a body bag. Uh, yeah. Let's see. What? What? Are you okay over there? Yeah. What, what? Explain that reference. What? It's a Karate Kid reference, but I didn't get it. Oh, okay. The uh, mole, who's very trustworthy, sends me this from the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. We want to hear from Minnesotans who believe they experienced or witnessed discrimination. Please complete the form below to report the incident. 
The information goes directly to an investigator at the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. Oh, my God. You can also call the discrimination helpline at such and such. When you call, translation interpretation services are available. Filling out this form does not mean you filed a charge of discrimination. We will review the information you submitted and determine if the reported incidents incident is covered under the Minnesota Human Rights Act. This chart explains what happens after you report discrimination. You have within one year to report the alleged act of discrimination to the Minnesota Department of Human Rights. Huh. Well, this is the beginning of the... Uh, and so it begins. The list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what the... And there's mothers with infants strapped to their backs mining cobalt so these idiots can drive electric cars. This is the beginning of the uh, bias registry. Yep. It is. But remember, they stress this isn't to find people and um, prosecute them. It's just so they know. It's a study so they know what kind of discrimination exists. The same mole alerts me to the fact that Native American tribes are demanding reparations from land that the University of Minnesota sits on. You can't bring this up with two minutes left in the show. I have more than two minutes. I have all the time in the world. (laughs) Several Native American tribes whose ancestors sold more than 94,000 acres of land to make space for the U of M now want reparations. 11 Native American tribes sold the land to make room for the university over 150 years ago, but researchers claim the time has come for restitution, the Washington Post reported Sunday. (laughs) Even though such universities have tens of millions of dollars at their disposal, they are not trying to use the funds to improve the lives of Native Americans, alleged on Garagiola, a descendant of the boy Fort band of Chippewa. The document alleged the school's funding, I'm sorry, the document alleged the school's founding board of regents committed genocide and ethnic cleansing of indigenous people for financial gain using the institution as a shell corporation through which to launder lands and resources. Meanwhile, the native groups across the nation are pushing many colleges and universities to make a move regarding the issue, the Washington Post said. Cornell has uh, embarked on a research project to account for all the land that it took from the native communities. The University of Wisconsin at Madison flew the flag of the Ho-Chunk Nation on campus for the first time in 2021 to acknowledge land taken from the tribe. And the University of California system has pledged to give free tuition to some Native American students amid a movement to reclaim tribal lands. So uh, the U of M is really getting windmilled here. They've, they've, They've got on their stump so often to, to apologize for land that, that, that they shouldn't be on that the Native Americans wised up and are do something about it. And they they're coming abs- to get them. Mm-hmm. They absolutely should. They should they should live up to everything they've said in the last few years. Turn the U of M over to the Native American tribes. Absolutely. Do All it. of you precious failed acomeditions who get up there and say, first we must apologize for we're standing on Native land, then give it back! 
<laughs> and I think we should take it a step further, further or farther. One further or the is other. in addition to farther is time. Farther we, is time. Further, we, I think you want further. The Louisiana purchase, that was a steal. We should definitely pay France what it's worth today or give it back. I ain't paying the French nothing. <laughs> I sold a house in South Minneapolis a couple of years ago. I want a little bump. That house is worth more now. Either that or give it back. These two screwballs that run Ben and Jerry's ice cream, yep. they want the Biden administration to give back stolen indigenous land. They sent that out on the See, 4th of July. And now, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. That's okay. Yesterday's... Uh, Highly rated weekly scramble podcast. Mike and I discussed this at length, and I did oh, not did? know this, but seriously, Mike looked this up. Ben and Jerry's is owned by a company out of the UK. Yeah, and this just in: we had a, a tiny little disagreement with them way back when, mm -hmm. around yeah, the Fourth of July, a little bit, yeah. And they strategically did this on the Fourth of July when they issued out that particular sentiment from Ben and Jerry's, and Mike said. I don't think we should have a boycott of Ben and Jerry's. We should have a girl cot. Mm -hmm. And he went into great detail. It was very, very well done by Mr. Fratelloni in yesterday's right. show. Okay, so I was going to go on a tirade, and now I think I'm going to put the brakes on that, about the Black Hills. Um, what? Because the Black Hills, we um, it was part of the Laramie Treaty that we gave that to the United States. We said, that's yours. You keep it. Um, and we even at what one do you mean point we gave them the United States. Yeah, yeah, we the United States gave them, them yeah. their own property, uh, the Black Hills, because they considered it, you know, big medicine, right? But then gold was discovered. But then we kicked out the gold miners. But then the government sent Custer and a bunch of guys to go in there and spy with prospectors. They found gold, and then they just let Americans swarm over the Black Hills and take over. Okay, if you, so, want, if you want to go down this road, yeah. what what land in the United States do you not have to give back? That, thank you for bringing that up. That sets me up, up perfectly. Every single inch. Give it all back. Lands are fought. Uh, war is usually a fight for land. Well, we won. Manifest destiny. We won. But Sorry. okay, wait though. Wait though. If you have treaties that you set and then you broke the treaties, does that still mean you? you That's what that I. Land? Yeah, we broke a lot of treaties. Did yeah, we? we yeah. Did we break the Laramie Treaty? And this is what I don't know. I'm asking. Did we break the Laramie Treaty and steal it, or did we in fact reach an agreement the second time around and pay them? <laughs> And they accepted it. That's what I don't know, and that's what I'm trying to Is figure out. Is there any out. way to limit this to just watching the U of M squirm? <laughs> <laughs> Rather than all of us having to give up our lots and houses because we got to give the land up. I just want to watch the U of M squirm. Hey, <laughs> as we are about to hear, war is not pretty. Wrecking his international borders and ceasing his attacks on his inhumane attacks on Russia, on spy Russia, on Ukraine. Whatever. What? Yeah, so Russia didn't, about? Russia didn't attack Russia. Here, a quick, a quick search. I found this. Uh, the following year, Congress passed an act that redrew the lines of, it, yeah. Yeah, of the Fort Laramie Treaty, seizing the Black Hills, forcing the Indians onto permanent reservations, and allowing the U.S. to build roads through reservation lands. Uh, I believe it, yeah, it was two treaties. 
Well, so the Congress redrew the treaty yeah, without yeah. any without yeah. any Native American. Yeah. I wonder if the UM will shut up now. U of M will shut up no, and quit no. saying no. we're standing on. Uh, we got to win this Native battle. Land. Well, uh, okay, is there is you the, are. I mean, uh, but when has hypocrisy being pointed out stopped any of these idiots? None. What what what's the final goal of the U, UN? Is it global? The UN domin- or U, the University of Minnesota? The UN, world domination. Yeah, that's what I figured. But they don't do anything except grouse. They don't like the way things are going. They don't accomplish anything that I'm aware of. So, what are you going to do? Anyway, the native thing—it's a fun topic to talk about, and I don't think there is any real true answer. Because obviously giving stuff back isn't going to help. No. And neither is cutting a check. I have a request for a very tough ruling. Mike Hawley writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. you. Mayor, I need a ruling, please. I was talking to my brother, who is also a GLer, and I told him that I've discovered a new basic instinct of women. That is, they always want to turn the music down. No matter what is going on, out in the shop, in the car, when you're home by yourself and you've got the tunes going, if they enter the area, they will tell you to turn the music down. Instantly. My brother says this is just a facet of the FFLF, and I can see his point. But when I'm out in the shop running the generator and the welder, it's loud. I have the tunes cranked up so I can still hear them. If the old lady comes out to the shop with a sandwich for me, she will immediately demand that I turn down the music. But I'm working. I'm not having fun, so I don't think I'm being FFLF'd. But maybe she just sees me playing with toys. So is this a unique instinct, or is it just the FFLF? A ruling, please, Mike in South Dakota. Oh, there's so much to discuss here. Boy, that's a tough one, Mike. How many times have you been driving in traffic, traffic gets thick, and the first thing she does is turn the radio down? Well, I'm about to say something that will place us in a strange world. I don't know where I am. I'll do that. Yeah, oh, me, Joe. Me too. If I'm looking oh. for something or an address <laughs> really? or something, I have to turn the radio down. Okay. The only thing that relieves stress, the stress of heavy traffic for me, is seriously loud music. Oh, if I'm, it puts me at ease. Well, if I'm if I'm in a traffic jam and I know I can't go anywhere, I'll still listen to the radio. But if I'm in the midst of making a move or trying to find something, I turn the sound down. I'm married to a woman where when we are uh, on a voyage somewhere, and this is exactly why I like to travel alone on long road trips. (laughs) If the four of us are in the vehicle and it's finally, finally quiet in the back seat, she'll say, so do you guys want to go to baseball? (laughs) Jesus Christ, woman, they just stopped talking five seconds ago. Were you praying there? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Lord forgive me. Can we me. get back to the FFL? Uh, uh, no, no. Uh, I can tell uh, without her saying or doing or making any kind of bodily gestures when she hates the music that's playing. <laughs> it's And it's not, like I said, she doesn't move. She doesn't look at me. It's just some weird vibe yes. that she pushes and she puts out. <laughs> yes. And I have to. I, so I change. I hit fast forward on the music and then she'll say, thank you. 
<laughs> Mike uh, in South Dakota, I have not forgotten you. I'm, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, Mike. I'm attempting to uh, discern a ruling here. I don't think he's getting FFLF'd because what? he says he's not working. The female no, fun limitation working. factor is the uncanny ability of women to throw a monkey wrench into the festivities at absolutely the wrong time. True. That's the FFLF. Well, yeah. So then what, what uh, would this then be? Do we need a brand new rule? No, here? I don't think this is anything except this is just innate female behavior. Yeah. Yeah. It's a controlling mechanism. Could this be filed under a distinction without a difference? You know what this goes back to, Joe? Huh? And I <laughs> I remember this moment distinctly. It was my favorite moment on GL in the 60 years you've been on the air. The it's simple phrase. Years. This, the simple phrase. You can leave that running, babe. Oh, we got to play that. Oh, well, this God. is the opposite of that. Yeah. This yeah. is the opposite of you can leave that running, baby. I remember I did a half hour analyzing what she was saying. Oh, you did can the... leave that running, baby. Oh, my God. I've never oh, heard that geez. before in my life. I just got have. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that her running, exerting total dominance. Yeah. Total dominance. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah. It is. I'm running the show here. You can leave that running, baby. Oh. Now we know what Kenny's looking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to uh, to the fellas in South Dakota, I don't think it's an FFLF. I don't think it requires a ruling. I think you're dealing with innate uh, female dynamic there. That uh, when they enter the room, they intend to be heard. And, okay. Uh, so please turn that down. Is that also the same thing that comes when... You've been sitting in the same room for uh, 90 minutes together. You get up and you start walking out of the room. And the second you start reaching the spot where you're out of earshot, she starts talking to you. Yeah, we're having a big problem with that because uh, I'm I'm claiming that I can't hear. Yeah. And, and, and yet I'll be laying in bed at night and I'll hear an owl a mile away. <laughs> you thought you couldn't more... hear. Well, I can hear an owl. I love owls. How about <laughs> when she gets home from work or she's getting home, you've been there a while, and before the door is even all the way open and she's fully past the threshold, she starts talking to you. All oh. the time. Yeah, so if you needed to say something, you immediately forget it because the conversation started when she was still outside. No, you lost the... your turn. <laughs> you, you weren't even and given the opportunity comes, to have a turn. You lost your turn. <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. <laughs> never comes back around either. We no. are going to get our asses kicked if sure. they hear this. Oh, no my God. Oh, wait, my word. Wait till I make it a YouTube highlight. Oh, and you know what? <laughs> Damn it. It's her birthday today. Oh, Did you just oh. remember now? Yes. Oh, no. Give her a GL sticker or something. I'll get you something. Hey, hey, Give her some tires or something. I think I've got a GL hat. Get a hat. A seafoam hat. <laughs> or rip that GL flag down off the back of the wall. There you go. And then say, don't tell me I've never given you anything. Oh, I've got to figure something out here. Uh-huh. Oh. All right. Only. Because they come to wow. us all the way from Fernandina, the villages, Florida, from the traveling Lymans. It was on this day. Joe, today is July 12th. In 1829, Lieutenant Colonel Zachary Taylor ended his command at Fort Snelling, which had begun 
May 24, 1828. He later led the U.S. Army in the war against Mexico, and old Rough and Ready would take that fame to the White House. Taylor is the only U.S. president to to have spent a significant amount of time in Minnesota. Hmm. Zachary Taylor. Did not know that. Neither did I. But that's why we do these. Mm-hmm. On this day in 1869, 712, Norwegian newspaper man Paul Helm Hansen left Alexandria to travel to the Red River by ox cart. Helm Hansen had been hired by the State Board of Immigration to publicize the advantages of moving to western Minnesota. His letters, published in a number of Norwegian newspapers, encourage many immigrants to move there. Emigrants to move there. That ox cart trail went right through my hometown. Hmm. Well, it's no longer there, I bet. Are there vestiges of it? Yeah, portions, yep. Is it still, you could still tell it was an ox cart trail? Well, it's gravel. You know, you can yeah. do about 70 on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's it then. And uh, yeah. thank you very much, GLers. If you could, please do us a favor and hit the subscribe button. It's right there on the Garage Logic YouTube channel because there we are posting daily content for your amusement. You can also follow us along on all of our social media channels, which include Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And the Garage Logic Town Council, it's still there for you for just 10 bucks a month or $100 a year. And guess what? Mr. Fratelloni's going to take care of that first month for you with a $10 Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores gift certificate just for signing up. All sorts of video footage and behind-the-scenes nonsense that you are going to get access to just by joining the Garage Logic Town Council.